0: the fire
1: This could be a time of returning the issue back where it belongs in our culture, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, in our churches, our families, our marriages, and back to our states and representatives and our legislature, not in the hands of nine judges. So we need to cherish each other the way that God sees us. And that begins with a notion of the sanctity of all life, Mm -hmm. the protection of those most vulnerable, and increasingly a love for those who have been hurt by this egregious practice for over 50 years now. Look, no one wins in a decision to have an abortion, not the mother, not the child. Nobody wins there are intangible and long-enduring costs for everybody involved.
0: Welcome to Through the Fire, cutting through the passions, clearing the smoke of the cultural confusions of the world today, talking God's love and God's solutions from a biblical Christian worldview. And now, here's your host, Marie and Gregory Seltz. (laughs)
1: Hello. Hello, everybody. Hello. (laughs) Welcome to Through the Fire, where we discuss the crazy changes in culture that are coming at people at breakneck speed. That's right. Vaccination issues, mandates, Americans held hostage in Afghanistan. Mm -hmm. Yeah. A government censorship of speech and other clouds on the horizon. But there is a potential game changer going on here for the good that we want to talk about today. And that comes with the Supreme Court taking up the Dobbs versus Jackson women's health case in Mississippi, that's, right? That's
0: incredible. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's the
1: talk around the country. And the talk is that this might be the case that overturns Roe versus Wade.
0: That's right.
1: We might finally have the issue of abortion back where it belongs in states where people can vote their consciences.
0: I think so. I mean, you know, people don't realize uh, what Roe v. Wade did in 1973. We'll talk a little bit about it today.
1: Yeah. I mean, finally, state-sanctioned violence against children, against women, against mm-hmm. families may have to face the conscience votes of moral, humane, caring people in their states. I mean, wouldn't that be something?
0: It'd be something indeed. And it amazes me to this day that people don't see the actual facts surrounding this particular ruling. You know, that's we're going to focus on the ruling here mm-hmm. today. It's not, nor has it ever been, a constitutional issue. Uh, state-sanctioned violence, state-paid-for violence against children in the womb, it really should be abhorrent to everyone. I mean, the state should not be the ones that are sponsoring this thing. Whatever your views on abortion, Mm -hmm. it isn't a constitutional fundamental right. It's a moral issue that has consequences, obviously for the unborn, but for women, for men, for families and for society. And Mm -hmm. we have seen those consequences since Roe. So the notion that abortion is a solution to anything just shows how murky this discussion Mm -hmm. has gotten since that infamous day in 1973.
1: Yeah, for sure. So, for those who think that this move isn't a pro-woman issue, I just recently read that 240 female scholars, professionals, and pro-life feminist organizations filed an amicus brief in Dobbs versus Jackson Women's Health.
0: Yeah, and again, these are these are professional women who are yes. saying, "Here's our opinion on this." Yeah. Right? So the
1: petition rejects the radical feminist trope that women need to have access to abortion in order to enjoy a successful and rewarding life. So I want to quote this. Okay, this is what the signers wrote. They said, we reject the argument that the ability of women to participate equally in the economic and social life of the nation requires the availability of abortion. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, because that's been a huge argument, right? Right. Okay, so there are so many issues that relate to the sanctity of life. We could talk about marriage issues, women's health issues, the displacement of fathers, even the growing societal acceptance of the lack of a father's role in the lives of their children.
0: Yeah, which is terrible.
1: Yeah, it is. It's horrible. I mean, it's, it's a huge problem. Um, and we can talk about the protection of the child in the womb and the protection of the seniors among us who are facing a growing populace that looks like a life you know, that's functional alone, right? Mm-hmm. And that undermines their value today. Yeah,
0: you know, when their life doesn't, <laughs> isn't productive to society, off with their heads. Yeah, off with their heads. Or, <laughs> right. They have absolutely no
1: value anymore. <laughs> right. But, you know, really, so but today we want to focus more specifically on the implications of the Dobbs case before the court, don't we?
0: Right, and, and that's what I'm saying. This is going to be a program where we're talking about the whether this is a constitutional issue yes. or not. So, you know, when something is as monumental as this, we do have to start on some common ground for all people, because that's the way our law should be for all of us. So again, whatever you think about the abortion issue, the right to end uh, the life of a human being, that action isn't a fundamental law mm-hmm. for society. You might defend the practice in some way, but you can't use the constitution in that defense about these potential practices or choices because the constitution is about the fundamental laws for a civil society. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I mean, just think of, think it through to say that a person has a moral right, Uh, To kill the most dependent, most vulnerable people among us, namely the child in the womb. It it goes against the very purpose of government Mm -hmm. in society in the first place.
1: Yeah, that's a really good point. So what you're saying, I think, is that a healthy, humane government. Right. right, First and foremost, protects the lives of those under its authority, especially Mm -hmm. the lives of the most vulnerable.
0: Yeah. And, and and good government. I always like to say, really, all you want the government to be is like referees in the ballgame, make sure everyone's playing by the same rules. Mm-hmm. And one of the fundamental purposes is to ensure that people treat each other humanely according to the principles that define us as human beings. So, you know, what it means to be human is not whether you're useful to me or not, not whether I'm vulnerable to you or not, or whether mm-hmm. I have status over you or not. And I just thought, you know, imagine any other law being argued this mm-hmm. way, like they argue for abortion as a constitutional right. So. I can exert whatever power I wish to over you, even the cessation of your life for my needs, my wants, and if you're unable to stop me. Mm. Uh, how's, how does that make <laughs> that right? And I just think that argument would be unimaginable in any other context except for the abortion debate. So the Roe v. Wade ruling didn't offer society uh, an answer to the dialogue. It just coercively yeah. shut down a sane, humane dialogue about this very controversial issue.
1: Yeah, the ruling actually legalized a very unpopular, That's right. Very very unpopular final solution to a dialogue that really should have remained engaged in an an open, moral, uh, virtuous society. It
0: absolutely did. It absolutely did.
1: Right. In fact, the court went uh, much further than merely deciding the question. It forced a definitive legal perspective rooted in a very narrow, indefensible, moral position on a whole country. Mm-hmm. Which had moral conscience uh, objections to the contrary. They did. I mean, I saw this week that the polling at the time of Roe versus Wade, you know, just a few years after the Roe versus Wade uh,
0: the, the ruling, r- ruling, yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: was a Barna poll. Okay, dated from 1975, and this is what they reported. Okay. 21% who took part in this said that they believe that abortion should be legal in all circumstances. Mm-hmm. 54% said legal, but very restricted. Mm-hmm. 22% said illegal in all circumstances. And 3% had no opinion. That's 76% of the country that wants abortion properly restricted and rare, if at all.
0: Mm-hmm. You know? That, And that was and the data huge. at the time at of At that Rome. time. Right, yeah, at right, that right. time.
1: Then, like now, though, abortion is considered a drastic measure that, even if ever needed, should be very very rare. Right. I mean, yet in the face of that reality, the court said, it doesn't matter. We'll mm-hmm. find now only a justification for its practice. We'll find a universal right for it, period. So, you know, so let's take a step back okay. and, and get some basic information. I want for you to share with the listeners what Dobbs case is all about.
0: Yeah. Again, this is uh, in Mississippi. Um, you know, they actually reduced the uh, Time of abortion right now, time of viability is 24 weeks, and they they said no only after uh, or before 15 weeks. So, Mm. you know, they decided um, this this Mississippi case is saying basically the court decided something they had no business deciding at a time like you just pointed out when people felt the exact opposite of the ruling. And so that's (laughs) basically what Dobbs is about. But it's about a state's responsibility then to protect innocent life in general. And not to leave the most vulnerable open. And if you don't know what abortion is, you really should see some of the practices. It's, an, mm-hmm. it's a barbaric practice. Um, so Mississippi enacted a law that said abortions are legal in their state past 15 weeks. Mm-hmm. Now, again, think about this. The Jackson Abortion Center demanded the removal of that law because they argued a, a woman has a right to terminate life of that child in the womb, not merely before 15 weeks, but until it's born. And so again, you get New York passed laws making abortion legal to the ninth month and Ugh. even if the baby's born alive, so you can painful. let it die in the operating room. And and folks, that's infanticide well, by anybody's is. definition. But here's yeah. some perspective though. This I just read this, uh, doing some research for our program today. This is a quote, we're the only country in the world. Think about this. And this includes all the Western world uh, that allows an elective abortion through the entire nine months of a child's gestation. According to the Center for Reproductive Rights database, France, Italy, Germany, Spain, Norway, Switzerland, and a long list of other European countries have a gestational limit of 14 weeks or earlier. Yeah. So, again, you know, this Mississippi law was just calling for some sanity.
1: Yeah. You know, when you think about the development at that point, too, I mean, it's oh, it's brutal. This is brutal. So so the state of Mississippi is calling for sanity in this discussion. Okay, Mm -hmm. they are limiting abortions to 15 weeks. I mean, okay, that's three to six weeks after the baby in the womb has a discernible heartbeat. Right. And in our media, this is being called draconian. It's amazing.
0: Again, by any measure, it's not only sane, it's the draconian is the, <laughs> is the response against it. So it appears to me that, <gasps> that such you know, mischaracterizations, they're rooted in something more than the facts. I mean, what do you think about that?
1: Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, oftentimes we're dealing with an issue that has conflicting moral foundations at the core. I mean, what is the ultimate purpose of sex? Of sexual practice is marriage the place for such commitment, or is it simply a recreational activity? Mm-hmm. I mean, is marriage the building block of our society, or sexual libertinism? You know, mm-hmm. is abortion the necessary condition for the ultimate freedom of women, or is it an abusive procedure that's being hoisted on unsuspecting women in a time of fear and confusion? Right. Listen, the risk to women's health is great. Children may not happen for a woman that's had an abortion. Yeah,
0: well, there may be sterility. Sweat. Yeah, yeah, a real possibility. There, it,
1: for sure, and. There's psychological and emotional uh, risks involved, and and are pretty much certain that come with that. I mean, we're talking about guilt, self-judgment, anger, trauma in the aftermath of abortion that comes. I mean, this really is not a small matter. I mean, there's a lot of unhealthy emotional outcomes to this. Well,
0: I know because you know you think about maternal instincts. You're actually violating uh, your maternal instincts. That cannot be good for women.
1: It isn't, And, and it's not just women because then. Oh
0: yeah, and what does it do to men too? Right,
1: because then it. I mean, young men take or or older men take. No responsibility for the child, yeah. and th- so then the women are the ones that become the protector of everything, right? And then they're also callous because what are they supposed to do? Right. I you mean, know,
0: and, and again, we're teaching people this now. Yeah, that this is That's okay. That's what's so amazing. Yeah, we're
1: saying that this is okay mm-hmm. to just go ahead and destroy the child in the womb. I mean, listen. Whenever I was working in the crisis clinics and. Um, you know, I started working in crisis clinics and pro-life clinics whenever we lived in Florida. Mm-hmm. And That's I became right. I, forgot. I yeah, forgot about that. Yes. I mean, so I was more active. not just New York. No, yeah. no, 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 no. I was very active. I was even out on the front, you know, getting petitions signed and having people throw dirt at me. And I would take changes of clothes for like five times for the whole day. <laughs> 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 I was really out there on the front, you right. know, because this is a very serious matter. This doesn't just impact women. It impacts men and society. Mm. And so this is not a small thing. But I remember uh, being in, in New York. Uh, at that time and and working in a a clinic there. And a girl came in and it was just so sad to me. She said, get this thing out of me, Mm -hmm. this thing out of me, because she had a party and something she wanted to go to, to have fun. And so this thing was her child. To her, it was a complete nuisance.
0: Yeah. And I remember you telling me about that. And it it still sticks with me to this day that how did we develop that callousness in that and she was a young girl,
1: too. Yeah, so. she was.
0: Well, that's why I'm saying that's why this issue is so frustrating. There's so many things that begin to erode in our lives and in our culture when we fail to treat every life as sacred. Um, you know, Star Parker, in an article titled Time to Overturn Roe v. Wade, she said, can we really function as a society and as a nation while turning away from the most central issue that any society faces, which is the awesome mystery of life? Mm-hmm. Um And, you know, I always say that that's one reason why we fight for the sanctity of life, because it's a fundamental societal issue. So if a person cherishes the reality that all of life is sacred and and marriage and family is the first place to direct those efforts and your ultimate commitments and goals, so many of our modern problems would cease to exist. Well, maybe that's too much to say, but or at least be scaled back from the right. breaking points that presently yeah. plague us.
1: Yeah, for sure. So, you know, when you think about it, the sanctity of all life is such a positive message. It is. I mean, it's a wonder that it's so controversial. I mean, why do you think that is? You
0: know, I really struggle with that. I, I do think it's because it's being politicized and not by us, but it is a great question. And I think there are a few answers. And, mm-hmm. and the most fundamental one is that our culture is at war mm-hmm. with restraints. And virtue as a rule, we used to, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, think of what we started singing back in the 60s, Love the one you're with, as if that was There's like a great f-
1: melody. Yeah, I know, and isn't <laughs> funny. We all sang it, <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. you know. <laughs> I love the one you're with, and I just thought, but what we were really saying is, don't commit to the person who really needs right. your love. Mm-hmm. And we were singing or it like use it, them, yeah, or use them and, mm-hmm. and dispose of them because mm-hmm. now you're on to somebody else. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, we were saying that that is a freeing thing. Mm-hmm. Instead of striving to put our freedoms to work and serving those we love, we use them to do as we wished, damn the consequences. So, you know, there is a war going on still in our culture. And I think to some degree those of us who are trying to develop virtue in our lives of our children ourselves, sure. we're losing that war uh, and, and how it's being presented. Yeah. But free love isn't free. <laughs> no, it and isn't. And so I think the Libertine movement has come to fruition, uh, you know, the 60s movement. That's one of the reasons I think we're dealing with this because it's being accepted as the way to think about this stuff. I don't know, what do you think about
1: that? No, I think you're right. And, you know, and the consequences to doing just as you please mm-hmm. and as you feel, I mean, it's brought tremendous heartbreak into our lives. I mean, rather than deal with that, I mean, many wish Merely to have a medical or quick fix solution to that, right? So when it comes to broken relationships, there is no quick fix. And when it comes to sexual libertinism, um, the unwanted results of that can't be fixed merely by eliminating children. Isn't that amazing,
0: though, that people think of it that way or at least are taught that? Go take
1: a pill, go whatever, eradicate it, however, whatever it takes, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, there are many men and women who are learning that it's not an a, a good answer. Well, it's I mean, really, I really, I mean, they're learning that, you know, sadly it, when they can't go back and fix it.
0: They, they're experiencing the reality of the negativity of this. There's no yeah. doubt, you know, so but we don't they, talk about that. Well, and we, and we will in the, in the, in the weeks to come, because as I said, the overturning of road doesn't mean that all these issues are going to be just swept away. Mm-hmm. Uh, we need to face them in truth and in love to each other. And, and again, like I said, you've helped so many who are needlessly afraid because mm-hmm. they were taught to be afraid of having children. Uh, um, or they, maybe they were struggling with the decision that now they wish they could take back because they aborted their children, the church, the family, individuals out there, listen, wh- you know we got to be ready for the reality of real ministry being put back in our laps, and that's a good thing too. So I think, again, your question is a good one. I think it, it gets to the heart of, of, of this education on this subject today. There are fundamental differences about what's going on mm-hmm. in our culture today.
1: Sure. You know, I mean, so this could be a time of returning the issue back where it belongs in our culture, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, in our churches, our families, our marriages, and for same laws back to our states and representatives. To cherish life, we need to learn to cherish each other the way that God sees us and that begins with a notion of the sanctity of all life. Mm -hmm. The protection of those most vulnerable and increasingly a love for those who have been hurt by this egregious practice for over 50 years now. I want to say one thing too, though. You know, um, a lot of times we hear this accusation levied at us pro-lifers that we only care about the life of the child and we don't care about the life of the mother. And that is so not true. I mean, having worked in these clinics, we we offer as many resources as we can and we try to provide for that child post. And we even try to get, you know, child care for the mother to get some kind of skill set so that she can provide. Sometimes these women that are coming, they're coming in because they are alone. They don't have anybody to help them. And
0: I wasn't going to talk about this today, but you just made me think about it. Um, And the pro-life clinics and the churches and stuff we don't make a dime no. off of serving any of these these gals oh, no. but the but the abortion industry makes millions of dollars yeah. off, you know to eliminate children and to do this procedure in the lives of women and that should you know again <laughs> When we talk about this kind of stuff, yeah, there's a lot of sacrifice that's going to go into actually helping people in need and Mm -hmm. all the things that go with that, speaking the truth and love and being a Mm -hmm. part of people's lives. But just remember who's making cash off this thing. That's right. And that's something to keep in the back of your mind when you're talking about this issue as a moral issue.
1: Yeah. Thanks for expanding on that because Mm -hmm. it's absolutely true. So if anyone out there is struggling with this, either considering having an abortion or you've dealt with an abortion or you're struggling with it because you've had one, you know, please reach out to us at Condescent Counseling and Coaching. We're here for you. You can look us up on the web at cccc-usa.com. That's four C's, cccc-usa.com. Or look me up at Psychology Today under Marie Yvette Hernandez-Seltz. And we'll be glad to talk with you. Uh, connect you with somebody and assist you through this because you really matter.
0: Yeah, because ultimately, love and mercy is the final answer to this stuff, too.
1: Absolutely. So, this moral issue of our culture, you know, it may be front and center this year, right? It is. And yeah. there are so many aspects of what that would mean for our culture, for our loved ones, and for those yet unborn. But that's not the main focus for, of our conversation today.
0: Yeah. It, to me, again, it comes down to this is the year the Supreme Court is going to look at a case that that's going to have ramifications to Roe v. Wade. So the whole issue, again, is is that what's the state's role to sanction the unfettered practice of abortion as a constitutional issue? And so, again, this is about state overreach. You know, Roe v. Wade, uh, it's not it's not a constitutional issue. It never should have been. Mm-hmm. Uh, even Ruth Bader Ginsburg said it was bad <laughs> law and judicial overreach. So. Yeah. You know, it, listen, if it's if it's constitutional, you know think about it when people argue it's a constitutional thing. Well, if it is, then it shouldn't be rare. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know the, People talk about it, even on the, the abortion side say, well, we, you know we just want it to be legal and rare. Well, that's not how you talk about a constitutional right. Mm-hmm. You want a constitutional right be you know shared by all. So mm-hmm. we know it's a barbaric practice, especially after the twelfth week. That's lead. a good point. You know, ultrasounds always change minds because people see it's not a fetus; it's a child. That word "fetus" was just so that you didn't think of it as a child. Mm-hmm. And so, no judge should be able to declare something fundamental that we know is wrong, or at least mm-hmm. is the lesser of two evils, rather than something good. So overturning Roe is is really just about putting the question back where it belongs.
1: Yeah, so it won't you know, saw the life debate, but it will put it back where it belongs in our lives and our churches and our legislature, not in the hands of nine judges. Right. So being informed on this issue is a must, people. I mean, what can we do right now? Let's let's talk about some of that. Well, I
0: think, again, and we talked already a little bit about it, um, uh, just be prepared for the debates and the questions that are going to come surrounding the Supreme Court maybe taking up this case mm-hmm. or maybe the Supreme Court evacuating the, the role case. This is going to be, there's going to be a lot of misinformation spread out there. Mm-hmm. Um, again, people will say right off the bat, well, that means that you know abortion is illegal in the United States. Actually, it's not, mm-hmm. and the role will not change like New York, who, where you can obtain abortion even past the ninth month. Again, like I said, folks, that's infanticide. But New York said it was legal. They lit up the entire state, the Empire State Building, pink, or mm-hmm. maybe it was the Freedom Tower. Mm-hmm. I can't remember which one. They, but mm-hmm. one, and they were clapping for this. Mm-hmm. And I thought, what kind of people are clapping where you can to kill, kill a, a, baby a baby and you can let it die when it's born alive? Yeah. What's going on? On here mm-hmm. so so the overturning a row will mean that states can now take up measures to regulate abortion Mm -hmm. for the sake of the child, the mother and the family. And Mm -hmm. when the state takes it up, we have a relationship with the legislators and that's the way it should be.
1: Right. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I also read that viability was at issue in the case, namely the Dobbs case argues that viability is the wrong way for society to deal with the issue of abortion, right?
0: (laughs) And it is if you, again, but people never think this stuff through. Mm -hmm. Um, People say today, well, if the baby's not viable, then you can kill it. You know, Mm -hmm. that's Typically. Well, think about this. What we're then saying is we've adapted this viability uh, argument for abortion. But that means that the state is saying, because the constitutionality of this is that the state can do this to you. They can Mm -hmm. allow this to happen to you. That's saying that the more vulnerable you are. The more susceptible to the violence another you have to be, uh, we will not protect you from that. That's crazy. That's crazy. Again, when you think, what a crazy argument. The state usually argues for protection uh, to those who are most vulnerable and need. In fact, a baby in the first few months, even the first years of life, Mm -hmm. is still completely vulnerable to moms and dads. So should we be able to do with our children as we please then? The argument...
1: Yeah, it, they're it, in my my way. Let me just go put them in a basket outside. <laughs> <laughs> but really, again, that's, what it's, that's what we're doing. But it's I a mean, crazy argument. If this is, is a
0: constitutional right, you would never argue that way. Mm-mm. You know, I just think we've got to be ready for that and then I think, you know, people of faith got to be ready for the engagement.
1: Absolutely. But people of faith have to open up their hearts to those who are struggling with these issues too, right? right. Mm-hmm. I mean, we must be ready to celebrate and defend the basic truths of the sanctity of life even as we mercifully open our hearts and lives to those who have been ravaged by it. I I mean, you know, we can't be so harsh and judging, right? So, look, no one wins in a decision to have an abortion. Not the mother, not the child, not the clinician like me, you know, who's dealing with some of these after effects, or the clinicians and doctors who offer the procedures. Nobody wins. I mean, people can argue from a financial standpoint that people profit today. I mean, that is true. But Mm -hmm. the emotional and ethical costs and physical risks and costs far outweigh that there are intangible and long-enduring costs for everybody involved in this. And
0: you're absolutely right. So in the next few months, though, because this case is going to be coming up, a variety of these issues will you know, we'll be dealing with these things. Mm-hmm. And of course, there's the possibility of the overturning of Roe v. Wade in the Dobbs case. Well,
1: I like overtuning, too.
0: Overtuning. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, and, and, and so again, it's just going to present some opportunities to speak the truth and love to others, to care for others in need. And, and you know, it's going to be a, a real challenge environment, So we're going to have to be those who are seeking good information. Mm-hmm. We, want to have, we want to educate ourselves on these things, and we want to also be in prayer and open to service when the opportunities arise.
1: Mm-hmm. So oral arguments about the case will start in the fall. Uh, When will the ruling be?
0: As always, sometime in June. We don't always know for sure when that'll come down, but probably in June there'll be a ruling on the Dobbs case.
1: Okay, so wow. All those times that we gather to pray as a church, all those times we serve at crisis and pro-life clinics in New York, all those times we care for mothers in need, it may be a time when our culture begins to cherish life as a culture again too, right?
0: And that would be a great day indeed.
1: Agreed. So get ready to pray. Get ready to learn and get ready to serve. Mm -hmm. And remember, there are two kinds of fire in the world.
0: The one that burns and consumes.
1: And the one that burns and empowers.
0: May God's word and God's love burn brightly in you, giving you strength to face any fire.
1: Till next time, little embers, I'm Marie. And
0: I'm Greg. See See you you soon. soon. Through the Fire is a production of Family Vision Media familyvisionmedia.org.